0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that... Being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business, all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me, that I am able to take on as a client, helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski. And welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 76. In today's episode, I interview chef and writer Alan Campbell. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show to hear some of Alan's favorite foods, an amazing homemade chocolate recipe, as well as how even chefs should be getting sleep at the right times. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the line today, I have Chef Alan Campbell. Now, Alan, Alan, excuse me, first question that I ask everybody who comes on the show is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences
1: or less. 10 sentences or less, huh? My health journey didn't begin until uh, about two two uh, 2010. So before that, I was very... All American with my eating habits, uh, fast food, junk food. You know, I I was working as a chef, so I just ate this like really rich, decadent food that was being produced in these high-end places I was working. So in Miami, in about 2010, I started to become conscious of what I was eating, and I played around with vegan. I played around with raw. I did a couple cleanses. I I did all sorts of things to test out. Once I, once I started to get into it, I really explored a lot and I, I had to learn a lot, ups and downs. I'd be bloated one day. I'd be, you know, just trying to force feed myself plant based food to gain weight. Like I just went through all these different phases um, and I had to learn what worked best for me. You know, what works best for me today is a primarily plant based diet that I really choose, choose to live by.
0: And now, being a chef, like, do you do that same thing now for your your clients, for any of the restaurants you're working at, or is it? Hey, you're going to tailor it towards them, what they really want, uh, but it's still keeping it really among those uh, healthier foods.
1: Right. So I really try to look at the big picture, you know, and I've really developed a, a philosophy that's pretty simple, and I look at the direction that our health is going and the direction that. Um, sustainability is going and what foods would be most sustainable for the long run and what foods would, would benefit us, our health, the most for the long run. And I like I said, I come back to plants, and that's my my main focus. Um, animal protein does trickle in uh, more so in the wintertime, but the root of my foundation is plant-based.
0: Now, when you say plant-based too, because – Plant-based can be uh, like all leafy greens. Plant-based, some people are just fruits. I mean, all over the board. What does that really look like for you? And how do you prepare a lot of those plants then too?
1: So I focus on whole foods. I, I imagine in my head what it would be like if you removed all of these modern-day influences that we have. You know, take us out of the cities. Take away the convenience of drive throughs and convenience stores. And what would it be like if we were in our natural habitat? You know, put the put – the, species back in the natural habitat and let them get acclimated with what that looks like. And for me, that means I'd be eating whole foods again. I wouldn't be refining things and extracting even oils from food. I would be eating just whole fruits and vegetables. And when I came across an animal every now and then, I'd probably eat that if I was hungry too and couldn't have any, you know, and that's just as simple as it might sound. And as basic as it sounds, I, I if I could just Serving an orange and uh, you know a, a, a avocado and, a, and you know like that's what it would come come back to, so that's it's just about the whole foods, the whole intact foods, the way they're meant to be eaten.
0: Now, I was looking around on your website a little bit, and it looks like uh, you're. I think it said you're writing a book uh, called yeah. The Progressive Modern Chef. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little curious. What what is the Progressive Modern Chef? Maybe in the form of book look like, but what does that even title really mean to you?
1: So I have such a deep appreciation for culinary artistry. You know, I've really been passionate about the lifestyle of a chef for a long time. And throughout the years, it's been really turned into this art form, an edible art form. You know, there's so many different techniques and, and recipes and, that have been, you know, really inherited by us as chefs. You know, we've really the, – the art of making bread and cakes and pastries and, and all these amazing things that people love. Cultures are built around culinary artistry and the philosophies that have been taught to us. Um, I don't know what the world would be like if you went to a restaurant and they gave you a piece of kale and they gave you only whole foods to eat. What would it look like? It would be – pretty miserable. The progressive modern chef to me is the future of culinary artistry. Um, what's it going to be like in the future to, to really sustain our health and, and the planet? Um, what's culinary artistry going to look like when you, when you go to a restaurant and they have to be sustainable? You know, and it's really just about taking all the love and the art from the philosophy of culinary arts and really just modernizing them, eliminating those toxic ingredients and implementing the ones that will benefit our health without losing <clears throat> the love and the culture that's so deeply embedded in that food.
0: Now, you're talking about <clears throat> the future there and of, of restaurants maybe here, but just in general, what does that, uh, I guess, healthy, sustainable restaurant look like? But how does that fit into play with, uh, I guess, a future for you for, for food in general even?
1: I feel like it can go in a few different directions. You know, at the perfect, in a perfect world, I would be growing my own stuff for my own restaurant, maybe on the rooftop of the city that I'm in, and it would look a lot more like that. You know a lot more like we're really going to be conscious of where we're getting our food We have all the space to grow it on all these rooftops in the city. Why aren't we using it all these? kinds of ideas that are starting to trickle into society here and there, you know, Uh, I Feel like it will kill keep moving in that direction as long as we remain open to it and I, I moved back to Boston three years ago, and when I came back there was one there was one juice place, and now there's got to be 20, 25. And that just shows you the direction that – and also healthy food concepts have multiplied by many as well. And it just shows you the direction. What's 20 years from now look like? And that means more health-conscious concepts, less junk food. The consumer will be more educated. The guests will be more educated. They'll be looking and asking questions as to where is this coming from? What are you putting in my <clears throat> dessert? You know?
0: Now that's something I guess uh, you don't hear about and how do you how do you react to that as a chef when somebody does say uh, hey what is in my food like or if they're like getting very specific what they want uh, I guess in something like is that something that you kinda uh, really take to and enjoy because they understand that or is it is it tough because well you're still trying to stay within the confines of what you're doing then too
1: so in the past no I when we were in the back of the kitchen putting five pounds of butter and one pound of potatoes, like, we don't want that. <laughs> don't ask me what's in there. It just tastes good and just eat it. You know, if in the back, if they only knew how much butter was in there, they might not... And t- things have changed. Quick
0: question. Now, was that even real butter all the time?
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be. The one I'm referring to would be real butter. Okay, okay. Um, so, now... If I'm the only one that cares about what's in the food, that might not be so good. If I'm the only one that's investing my time and money in putting quality ingredients and the guest is never asking me what's in there, I'm not gonna run a successful business. I'm gonna go out of business, actually. So the more people ask and they are educated about and they wanna know what's in their food, the better it is, obviously, for the direction that I'm going in. So I, I embrace it.
0: And I absolutely agree. Like any. I don't go out to eat very often. Uh, there are only a handful of restaurants in our area that I will go out to eat. And because of that, like I, I know those chefs though, I've talked to them, uh, and I feel very comfortable going there. And I think that's something that, uh, people, if they're health conscious, shouldn't be afraid of, they shouldn't be afraid of making those questions, especially when they go out to eat in in their homes, they can control it. But I, I, and that's, that's good to hear though, that it's not something that we need to fear either. It's, Actually, like you said, it makes it more sustainable uh, for you, for what you're doing. Uh, So are there any specific questions, I guess, that uh, maybe you either get most often or you think people really should be asking uh, the waiter, the waitress, the chef, whoever it may be, if they do go out to eat?
1: A lot of the times what I get, and even for myself, you don't want to be a pain. You don't want to be that person that has all these questions and you're annoying the chef and you're annoying the waitress. And... You're being so nitpicky, so a lot of times and even myself, I just suck it up because we don't want to be that person. But I think slowly but surely it's okay to start asking these these questions here and there. What kind of oil are you using? You know, what kind of salt are you using? A little bit here and there, you know, it's it's like you don't wanna walk into a restaurant and bombard the waitress and the waiter with the or the chef with all these ingredients, it's just not, being a restaurant guy, I wouldn't want it. Um, So, you know, but it's okay to start uh, bringing these topics into conversation. You know, I think it's okay.
0: You're talking about the oils, talking about the salts, what are some of maybe your personal favorites to use? Because I'm curious, like, how do you really mend that? Like you said, you still want those whole foods, but you still want everything looking like it's 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 your edible art form. So you still want to create it yeah. into that new landscape, if you will.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to oil, like it would be really tough to cook without oil. Oil, in my opinion, is not a whole food. It's It's not from nature. It's extracted just like any other refined. So when I look at oil and like which oil is – less of a risk which oil is the safest to use I really lean towards coconut to cook with there's just less room for any issues with it you know it's it's fully saturated so it's there's no room um, for oxidization and I do use olive oil I love avocado oil as well to put on salads and sometimes even to cook with avocado oil I love the flavor of sesame oil, so I do. Kind of, I still do use these oils. I really do. I love them, and it's just uh, they're not whole foods. But in order for me to really appease the masses and to keep food creative, and I, I do, I still use them.
0: <clears throat> but even from the same standpoint, like yes, that's not a whole food, but that's also not fair to compare something like a coconut oil with a box you know, of pastries that you picked up at the store, like something right, like right. that too. So I, I, I think that's, uh, I appreciate that you say like, okay, now is this still processed? Yes. Is it minimally processed? And is it still going to be the best option that I can use? Well, yeah. And that's, that's still what you're focusing on making it realistic, uh, to have in the cities, to have in the restaurants too. Yeah. Now, Chef, Allen, what, you said like your, your health journey really uh, kind of transformed about uh, in 2010. What along that has been maybe the most important lesson that you've learned uh, about your health, about yourself?
1: A lot of it is um, my biggest passion in the beginning was to reach as many people with this message as I could. Once I started to educate myself on the obesity epidemic and these big issues that we're facing around our eating habits, I wanted to stream from the rooftops and educate as many people as I could and save the world and save the kids and the future and all this stuff. And I came off a little radical. I would write blogs, although my blogs, I was careful with my wording. I would post them on all my friends' walls on Facebook. and I mean, I didn't really get a bad response A lot of it was in person when I was, I had to learn how, if I wanted to reach the masses, if I wanted to share a message that was still from the heart and still from a loving place, I had to keep in mind that not everyone was ready to hear it. And not everyone was ready to let go of the eating habits that they were born to know, that they were raised to know. And like, I had to really take a step back and and consider that not everyone wants to hear these extreme kind of – this extreme wordage in these statistics. And there's really a way to go about getting the message across that will be much more effective and won't offend people because people are really attached to what they eat. So I had to, I had to learn this you know, through a lot of criticism and being open-minded. And, and I feel like I've hopefully toned it down to a place that I can reach more people.
0: Yeah, food is certainly up there with, I guess, uh, religion and politics a lot of times when people are very defensive about things. Uh, I'm curious, how do you go about that now, maybe uh, reaching those people and I guess doing so in an effective manner where it's not just kind of pushing everything, just screaming from the rooftops?
1: Yeah, I, I don't ever uh, just jump in and give advice or anything, you know, if somebody asks me a question... Um, and they're genuinely interested, and they genuinely have good motives, and all these things. That I can we can talk most of the time. I just don't. I don't promote. I don't push. I don't. I, I'm just really kind of about attraction rather than promotion. I just don't. I'm not the one to push anything on anyone because I wasn't ready either for a long time. If you talk to me about superfoods and my health. 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't listen too long, you know? And so that's, I just try to keep that in mind.
0: Mentioning superfoods, I'm curious, what are some of your favorites?
1: Superfoods, I like the, um, I mean, I like a lot of things. I eat a lot of chia seeds. Yeah. I do. I like the omegas in chia seeds. There's not many foods that have omegas. So I like omegas. I like hemp. I think hemp, hemp. Hemp seeds, hemp is just a great plant that we need to really mass produce for many, many reasons besides food. Um, no, I get into the spirulina, some different blue-green algaes too. Nothing too crazy, a lot of coconut.
0: <clears throat> you said uh, with the hemp, a lot of other reasons besides food. What are some of your other favorite uses for hemp then? What what can we really go about with the cultivation of that?
1: So hemp it grow, grows so quick, you know. We can really be using it in many other ways. Um, paper and cotton and rope and all these things, we can really be taking hemp and growing that in place of these other crops that require a lot of pesticides and they take a long time to grow. It's it's all an industry. It's just a, it's a, a competitive industry. But I feel like hemp is one of these plants that we can really – utilized a lot more than we
0: are. Talking about a little bit of a cultivation there, though, even, uh, I'm curious, how do you, I guess, maybe uh, source your foods? How do you go about talking to farmers, finding, and especially if you are in a, in a city, I imagine that's going to be harder uh, versus somebody who's a little more out in the country. They're going to see the farmers around them. How do you go about that, really? Uh, I guess, for your own personal self but also when working with clients working in a restaurant how do you do that on a larger scale even
1: all right so the best thing about boston is that um it's not that far away from the suburbs where the farms are so you can go there pretty quick you can be out on a farm in 40 minutes you know so there's definitely and they have farm stands in the city there's a good amount of farmers markets too you can definitely get acquainted and they come in and they bring in the produce and the in the grass-fed meat and the chicken and fish and they are right here so to connect with them it's not difficult you know it's a pretty it's a great size city so i do have that to my benefit and i've made some great connections with them um and like i said they bring it to the city it's not like i have to go out i've done this actually where i've driven out 30 40 miles away to get a little bunch of wild arugula and a, and a chicken you know, you don't. we don't have to do that today. We, we can definitely go down to the farmer's market, stock our fridge with produce for the next few days and continue to do it that way.
0: And I'm glad that you bring that up because people need to understand that it's not just if you live out in the country or if you're more like surrounded by farms. Like you can do this in a city. It doesn't have to be that you're no. driving a couple hours to go pick up your cow, to pick up your veggies, whatever right. it may be. Uh, what, if anything, do you uh, like to grow for yourself? or Do you do anything? Like you talk about the rooftop gardening then too?
1: I'm not growing. So the building I live in now, it's just, I, I just can't do it here. In the past, I've grown just like small little microgreens. The last client I was with had a garden. So we had fresh produce right outside. And I would grow little things in my window. But I haven't honestly grown in the city. I haven't been in the space that I could
0: Also, speaking of, okay, so you you said you started your kind of health journey in Miami. Uh, Now you are in Boston. Do you find yourself eating differently in those two climates, in those two just atmospheres in general? Um,
1: You know, I think in the beginning I did. Well, now it's like really nice here. It's like Miami weather. So right now I'm eating pretty much the way I used to in Miami. But in the wintertime, I'll definitely hunker down with a lot more. I'm starting to get the broth idea going in my head and make a big batch of broth and freeze it and and so it will change in the winter time but i still still try to eat a significant amount of raw food even in the winter time just meaning like raw vegetables so yeah it will change it will definitely change in the winter the the way i need to stay warm in the winter is probably different than my year-round luxurious lifestyle in miami
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what is your favorite type of broth chicken broth beef broth something else a combination maybe
1: i like chicken i yeah, agree I, my favorite
0: actually i'm also a fan of using turkey like i love that broth that i can make right after thanksgiving with the, oh, the turkey carcass there's something probably. just special about that too
1: yeah it is what all do you,
0: what how do you like to make yours is is it in a big stock pot like what do you throw in there? Then how long do you cook it? I mean, what's the recipe here?
1: I love garlic and onion. So sometimes it might just be garlic and onion and the chicken bones and a few drops of apple cider vinegar at the end. And like that's it. You know, I just like it simple. Sometimes I'll roast the chicken bones a little bit, like pan roast them in the pan to develop a whole new flavor. And that will that'll be delicious.
0: I like that idea there too. Uh, just a little something before, like how how long will you do that for?
1: Until they're nice and brown and caramelized, maybe okay. just like like ten twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, so not a big step, and that's what that's what I'm just checking. Ooh, yeah. all right, I do need to make some broth, so that might have to be on the next yeah. uh, next one I do there. Uh, okay, so I want to take this question next question maybe two different ways. So I want to ask, what are your non negotiable health habits? But let's talk about maybe for food those non negotiable habits. And just in general, your, your overall lifestyle, what are things that it's like every day? These are automatically what you're doing because it helps you thrive, just helps you feel vital, strong, healthy.
1: Yeah. So I I don't like to take supplements, so I need to get all my nutrients from food. And if I, I have to have X amount of green veggies and X amount of carbs and X amount of protein in my diet every day, which means I'm, Mostly eating the same stuff every day. Because <laughs> I live alone, I cook for myself. I'm I'm not chefing up this big gourmet meal. It's pretty much similar stuff every day. A lot of green vegetables, an egg, or a piece of salmon here and there. That's basically what I eat. Quinoa, brown rice, dark chocolate I love. What kind you know, of dark similar- chocolate? I make I've been making my own, actually. Do you mind sharing that? It's just cacao butter, cacao nibs, and coconut sugar.
0: I love it. Yeah, three ingredients. So I, yeah. okay, so I'm curious too because my I don't think I've tried it with the the cacao butter. My my wife did, she didn't have that great a success. Like I've done it for myself where it's just uh, coconut oil, uh, cacao powder, and either a little bit of honey, like raw honey or maple syrup, and I keep it yep. low enough so it all stays raw. Uh, That gets a little – it separates a little bit though. Does the cacao butter more stay intact like there's no layers to it then?
1: How are you making it?
0: Uh, I just mix it on a very low heat and then just put it in the freezer.
1: I actually have a wet grinder that grinds it all. Really? Yeah. What is a wet grinder? It's a size machine. Okay. It's it's a wet grinder like a stone grinder. You can make uh, tahini and all kinds of stuff like that with it. So I do have one of those, um, and a lot of it is tempering, tempering the, the chocolate to to get it to, to emulsify.
0: Now you're speaking my language. This, is, this sounds awesome then too. Uh, no, because the same thing, like the tahini, I can't find like a really, like I can find okay tahini, like still organic, but not something that just really speaks to me. Like I want to be able to take uh the sesame seeds to just be able to make my own tahini with so
1: yeah
0: uh, i'd have to look into the wet grain r- grinder for that then right yeah all right cool that uh that might have to go on the list there soon then uh what about other things like really just outside of food uh as far as like movement sleep uh just any of the above for yourself that you really uh even just getting your mind right like any, any other things that you really like to do every day
1: so sleep is important I'm pretty diligent about seven and a half to eight hours every night. If I get less, I'm obviously tired throughout the day. If I get more, that's an even bigger issue. You know, I'm just not right. If I I need to get up at a certain time every day, and that's just kind of my circadian rhythm is pretty set, and I can't really move around too much. I went to India recently, and I was just way off. It took me maybe three days to get back to my senses between the time difference and the jet lag. Um,
0: and that's it, not even that bad. For that long of a, a time lapse, even three days, I I, I mean, certainly yeah. it could be much longer than that even.
1: Yeah, my immune system was shot. I got a pretty bad head cold, you know, stuff like this. Although I tried to prepare myself, I still got beat up pretty bad. And I don't, but I haven't done that much. You know, my body's like was shocked by that whole experience. So maybe in time, if I traveled a lot, it probably would get better. <clears throat> What? So sleep is really important.
0: Uh, I was going to ask, what most did you uh, take away from your experience in India, uh, whether it be food, culture, anything
1: else? So the the food was amazing. The culture was like nothing i would ever seen. I'd never been to a third world country. I'd never experienced, um, I've, I've never left North America. So I really was quite shocked by what what I saw. And we traveled all around the country. We went to many different cities. And I guess uh, from a positive perspective, I saw the joy and the happiness amidst the poverty. You know, and the like. We went to Rishikesh, and the whole city is vegetarian, and there's no alcohol, and no one like there's just. So the fact that they all kind of were on the same page with this we vegetarian and we cows are sacred, and that alone was just like comforting to think, like, what would it be like if I walked outside here in Boston, and we all ate the same way, basically, and we all believe, you know, it's just kind of like having that kind of foundation to stand on. I, I don't know what it's like to live in that culture, but from an outsider looking in, I, I saw, I saw the, the unity among them because of those things. So I really, that's one thing I took away.
0: And I think that's very cool is you can build that community though, like you said, around what they eat. And I think that's something that can be lost sometimes. Like I'm not somebody who wants to go out and just hang out with huge groups of people. It's like, I want to just have a couple close friends over like my wife, my son and just make a nice meal, like hang out over that and embrace that uh, as our community. And I think that can be, done even in a larger city it doesn't have to be done just in the small rural areas which is another beautiful thing
1: yeah
0: i want to go back uh you had mentioned sleep sleep is very important to you uh at least at right around that same time frame now how does that work being a chef because now some chefs say hey if they're up till 2, 3 a.m. still at a restaurant, what does that look like for you? I mean, you could probably customize your schedule a little bit more. But what are the best practices that uh, I guess a chef could really do uh, as far as their sleep goes?
1: Right. I feel like it it can really – it starts with how you build the brigade and how you build the schedule. And if the chef is – so say I'm opening a restaurant with you and you're my sous chef and we're going to build a brigade, a team, to run this operation. It could be scalable, however big you want to build it. From the get-go, I know that I still need to take care of myself in order to let this establishment run successfully, so I'm an asset to the company. The same way that um, ordering the food and... um, setting up payroll and, um, obviously creating recipes and training people. I'm also taking care of myself. Myself is also in that mix of priorities to take care of as well as the rest of the brigade. And looking at that, I can't really put myself on the schedule to work 14 uh, hour days, like 12 days in a row. You know, like there's just, of course there's a, it's a crunch time, especially in the beginning where you have to be there. You have to, you're tasting, you're training, it's, it's brutally stressful and you have to sacrifice some time. But you can always come back to normalcy. You can always come back to making yourself a priority and making your life a priority, whether that's eating habits, sleeping habits, you can always do that. You're never tied to anywhere for 24 hours a day. It's all what you make of it. You know, if if it's never in your mind to be like, you know what, I should probably let myself get out a little early and let this guy do his job and not be so controlling and have to be there every minute of the day, you might start to be able to look at your own schedule and and say, you know what, I I can sleep tonight. I can can even eat breakfast in the morning, you know, and uh, I think it's just all about the mindset. I really do.
0: Speaking of breakfast, what did you have for breakfast today?
1: Breakfast today I had – I'm trying out this new little recipe. So I ate one of those as soon as I got up, this little um, chia, little kind of cookie thing, dehydrated. And then I I made a smoothie, bananas, blueberries, uh, flaxseed, chia seed, turmeric, almond butter. That's basically it, water, and I blended it up. Aloe, put some aloe in there.
0: Do you use aloe juice or like you have a plant and –
1: just the yeah. aloe itself. Yeah, I just peel it and I dice it up and I throw it in. Yeah, it's delicious.
0: The aloe, I, I didn't know what to expect the first time I tried it. Uh, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I feel like it just has a very uh, soothing effect. Like I know that's common of aloe, like if you put it on your skin, something like that, but I feel like it does the same thing internally. It really has those same properties.
1: Yeah, I do too, definitely.
0: Uh, so you said like that's a recipe that you're trying out. Uh, do you have or maybe what are, I guess, some of your just favorite recipes? Uh, maybe now the summertime when we're talking about this or wintertime. Just really any time of year, just things you find yourself always coming back to.
1: Um, I'd say the standard bowl mixed with like something pickled, something raw, something Soft and fatty, like avocado, and some quinoa, some toasted nuts. I mean, I really like that's my jam, that's my go to, that's what I want to eat. You know, I mean, I, I'm just happy with that. You know, obviously, like sometimes, um, like I said, I like dark chocolate, so I want to have those things. But for the most part, maybe I've been spoiled with a lot of really rich, decadent flavors my whole life, and that's just kind of where I am today. But that does it for me.
0: I love the simplicity of that, but at the same time, I mean, I I could go for some of that right now too. It just sounds good. It's just so simple, but the flavors, everything, the way that comes together. And I like how you talked about uh, some of the different combinations there. It's not just uh, all greens. It's not just all avocado or fruit or whatever it might be. It's just that little bit of a mix, like the crunchiness, the soft, the rich, the, the, the greens, like everything com- coming together. Mm-hmm. General, what is maybe your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining a healthy lifestyle?
1: The struggle, I think, for me has been planning. I've been traveling a little bit here and there, going to this city to consult a little bit. And um, one of the weeks I went up to consult, I didn't plan. You know, and I just kind of wung it and I just went with the flow and I ended up eating out a lot and I felt like crap. At the end of like two or three days, I just felt like crap. And so the next time I went, I I really planned. The first day I got up there, I shopped at Whole Foods. I cooked a bunch of food for myself and that was my food for the next four days and I was happy because that's what I do at home. So a lot of it is the planning, really. You know, and like um, as much as I live this lifestyle, I still sometimes fall off the wagon with planning ahead and just allowing like I know there's restaurants there I know there's food there so I it, it's not in my so my first thought to think oh my god where am I going to get my food from like, we don't think that way we know there's food everywhere we go but what kind of food is it you know and it's you're not always going to find the options that you want so I think planning ahead is always really good
0: and, and I think that's a very important to bring up uh for anybody traveling uh because yes I know what's around my home i'm eating that most of the year but uh anytime that we go places we either have to take a big cooler with this kind of to, to prep ahead or it's hey i know what i can get or i know what i'm going to be able to get when i get to that uh location as far as food as far as water goes then too yeah talk about consulting there You talks about you've worked with clients uh working on a book right now uh working in restaurants When somebody asks you, what do you do? What is your answer for them?
1: I say I'm a chef. Sometimes they leave it there. Sometimes they ask, like, where do you work? And I I just say that I'm consulting right now. That's basically, I'm I'm starting to build my own brand. But right now, most of my work is consulting.
0: As as building that brand, this would be the the progressive modern chef, right? Where where do you see that going? What is this going to look like? Uh, is this, I guess I'm curious, is this going to be just the book? Is this going to be uh courses for people to be able to take, uh, workshops, whatever that might be?
1: So I have, I've, I've written up a vision of what the, the brand is and it does start out with products and another book. And I've talked to, uh, uh, a college about a curriculum as well. So, it's all like in conversation. It's just a matter of um, me starting somewhere. But ultimately, an international brand that has education and plenty of text and plenty of recipes and plenty of products. And I just really want to set people up for success to live a healthy lifestyle. I feel like there's a big demand for it. People really want it.
0: Going back to that curriculum, you, you talked about like just uh, some of the diabetes before uh, you had mentioned. What maybe would you teach to a high school class as far as just nutrition goes, like, how would you outline that to try and keep it simple, but for somebody to be able to start practicing when they're young and to carry forward throughout their life?
1: On a high school level?
0: Yeah, yeah, just so you can really start young so that people can uh, take this throughout their life?
1: I feel like, like like I said before, about the whole approach to getting the message across and how important it is to really use the right wordage and the right approach and come from a loving place rather than a radical extreme place. So I feel like smaller amounts of information spread across a school year would be best. Um, Slowly teaching them how to be mindful of what they're eating and what the body actually needs and where the food comes from and, there's just so many different topics around the food that we eat that we're just not cognizant of on a daily basis. Is no. there one
0: that you see more than another coming up with anybody that you do your consulting with or just people asking you about in general?
1: As far as um, topics?
0: As, as far as, yeah, just anything with uh, food as far as like sourcing it, uh, whatever the questions might be that you really get a lot of?
1: I think a lot of people – being so busy and just wrapped up in their energy is directed towards other things. Like I said, we have food everywhere. We're not worrying about where to get food. We can get food anywhere. Um, so I feel like a lot of it is – I mean I work with a lot of people that have are having health issues. They're contacting me because they want to feel better. They want to address the issues that they're having. So a lot of it is like I don't know what to eat. Tell me what to eat. Tell me what to eat. That's anti-inflammatory. That's going to help these symptoms that I have. So that's what I'm getting a lot of, just because that's kind of my my niche and that's the world that I'm in. But I feel like for the most part, yeah, it, people just they don't know what to eat. They don't know how to eat a balanced diet. You know, if, if they read marketing and uh, advertising is so big, and it really the messages are embedded in people's brains that they oh, I read that this was healthy, and that commercial said that that was healthy. So they, and they believe it, you know, so it's a mix of those things.
0: So with marketing and advertising, is there anybody in the, in the food space that you really like to follow yourself that, uh, you you think is doing all who, who else is doing a lot of good work out there?
1: Nothing really comes to mind. Um, or how about even, are
0: there any areas of study that you're just kind of geeking out on right now? Uh, when it comes to, uh, food or health in general?
1: I love the idea of vertical farming in the cities and I really like, I really get into this like shipping container vertical farming idea. Kimball, Kimball Musk is, I just read an article, he's starting to grow in shipping containers in Brooklyn and I just reached out to a couple friends in New York last night and I was uh, asking about it. One of them actually is a farmer. She used to farm as well. And so yeah, I go from that to foods that heal. Like, studies on turmeric and green tea and the bioavailability of these things and like so that's kind of where i'm at a lot is like the foods that heal and the health benefits to reduce inflammation and just overall health that's usually where i'm at between the farming and the nutrient dense foods that i can incorporate into products and recipes
0: i I think i'm gonna have to look into some more of the vertical farming because yeah, I still have a yard, but it's a smaller yard. And I would love to basically maximize that space right now, but in a simple way, because I'm still, I, I don't want to spend hours a day as a farmer. I mean, that's not what I do, but I still enjoy keeping my food in the backyard there where I can go out, uh, quick pick it. Uh, so I like that. But I'm curious on the, the foods that heal. Do you have a favorite type of green tea that you drink?
1: Um, I wouldn't say a favorite. No, I, I bounce around quite a bit. I'm, I'm not really loyal to one brand.
0: Now, is it always green tea or do you, are there other types of tea that you really enjoy?
1: I like Yerba Mate as well. Yeah, there's a brand called Eco Teas that makes Yerba Mate. It's just the most accessible. It's nothing like authentic Yerba Mate from like South America, but it's pretty decent.
0: Now, how do they differ?
1: Oh, the stuff from the mother... The homeland is much better. It's just like more – it's much more green. The color difference is way different. One's very bright. One's not. The flavor is just way more robust. And the nice um, tea from like a nice Brazilian farm. So it's night and day. Yeah, it's definitely night and day.
0: Now with the Yerba Mate, that's (laughs) traditionally – brewed like I guess in a bigger gourd and then isn't there like a filter on a straw that they just continuously drink all day
1: yeah yeah exactly it's really embedded in their culture they they just pass it around it's very social to share the yerba mate the gourd I forget the name of the gourd but um yeah it's it's like Americans might drink coffee but we're not sharing it with each other you know we might we might I mean in in Miami they have a colada that they share that you have the drink and then you pass out little cups and you share it with your friends. I really like this idea. So that's basically, they pass around the gourd and they all drink out of the same yerba Mate.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, just to, to be able to share, to be able to bond over that drink. Yeah. Uh, yep. So how about even coffee? Are you, are you a fan of coffee or is that not something you really uh, dive into too much? Oh,
1: it's kind of strong for me. You know, I do better with tea. There's not much of a crash when I drink, um, when I drink tea, coffee, I love the flavor. I do. I love the taste. And there's health benefits, but I just uh, – it's, it's a little strong. Yeah.
0: Chevelle, do you have uh, – or what would be the most recent change you've made to your health?
1: Um, like eating or just overall?
0: Anything across the board.
1: I've switched up my my workouts, working out much shorter amounts of time, just doing some like explosive – stuff like one or two very quick sets of heavy weights and then brief. I'm in and out of the gym in 30 minutes as opposed to before I really look forward to this kind of like hour-long really intense workout losing five pounds I just really that was a rush for me and now it's more about stretching and flexibility and you know I'm 35 now so it's like it's time to start thinking about the long run (laughs) <laughs> and that's kind of, that's the big difference, you know?
0: This, this question just popped into my head. We're talking about, uh, you could travel to India. We're talking about Brazilian here, uh, foods and stuff. If you could take maybe a trip around the world, but only stop at maybe three to five places to really almost eat your way around the world, where do you want to go and what are you going to have there?
1: First place would be Thailand. I want to, I want to experience Thai food. I want to learn from them and. I just love the flavors. It's probably my favorite flavor profiles come from Thailand. Um,
0: Which would you mind quick expanding on some of what those flavor profiles are, so everybody gets an understanding of that?
1: I love lemongrass, ginger, cilantro. I love chilies, like those—how four or five ingredients I just named. Those are my just favorites. I love them. I love noodles and broth, and I just I love it. I would like to go to um, Scandinavian countries like uh, Switzerland and Sweden and just see how these progressive cultures are living and they just have a very different approach on life than than us Americans do. So I'd like to spend some time there and just check it out, see what that's like.
0: Any other places that really strike your fancy or are those, those are the bigger two on your mind right now?
1: I mean I could really I could set up shop I think anywhere and find something interesting. I mean go to Africa and explore the safari, you know, like really just dig into any country that I was in, Antarctica and I mean but off the top of my head I think yeah, just Scandinavian countries and um and like Thailand over in the the Asian the Asian world. Yeah. Are there any
0: chefs either uh Current or in the past, that you would just love to go and be able to study under, or just to go kind of see what they do, how they make their uh, almost edible art forms, if you will?
1: Uh, I think Alice Waters is kind of a given. She's um, really been a pioneer in the whole movement, the farm to table, and uh, implementing uh, gardens in schools. And she, she's just been like a pioneer in that. And I think. It's uh, pretty honorable to try to learn from her and just kind of pick her brain a bit. Um, I really have kind of created a unique kind of philosophy that I get along really, really well with the plant-based chefs in the plant-based world, but I'm not 100% plant-based. So this kind of like this place, maybe there's more chefs like this in the West Coast that are primarily plant-based, and there's a little bit of animal protein now and then, but I'm kind of like in the middle. I don't mind being there, but there's just not many chefs that are really love the plant-based vegan world, but still have a little animal protein. So I haven't really met many chefs that are kind of in this, following this kind of philosophy. I
0: I guess, because I'm not a chef obviously, I didn't realize necessarily that uh, more of a unique niche that you fall in there, because I I see it as uh, uh, a very common thing for myself where like you said i'm gonna have a ton of fruits ton of veggies doing those some raw some cooked whatever it might be uh but i don't i don't eat near the muscle meat uh if you will that i used to now it's I've switched over i'll go for some raw cheeses um i just go for i, I still eat meat but i mean i find myself going towards more fish uh than anything Then too, or not than anything but all of these different combinations where it doesn't have to just be I'm having tons of meat, tons of steak, like going for it. Uh, So that's actually interesting to know where uh, that combination doesn't always exist. Yeah. Now, a couple questions coming to a close here. If you were to get somebody on this podcast, what was it? And if it is Alice Waters or somebody else, what is it that you would want to hear them talk about? Uh, and, or what would you want to just ask them? Like straight out, here's what you want to
1: know from them. I want to know their story, how they got to where they, where they were. That's what really intrigues me. It's like, tell me when something or an event happened that led you to where you are. That's where I'm going to find the relatability that's going to allow me to be open to the rest of it. You know, and that's always what I look for. I look for that relatable story that that realness, that realness of like, I was here and now I, I'm here, you know, and, and this happened in between to get me there, you know, and now I'm I'm on this path to share that with others and, and share this message that I've learned through my experience.
0: What was that basically kick in the butt moment for you back in 2010 then? Was there a real just like strike home moment where it was one day everything just kind of switched or was it more of a slower transition
1: it was kind of like that yeah i i had um i had gotten sober and i was working in a hotel and i was uh smoking cigarettes eating really unhealthy still i was and i opened a steakhouse in this hotel and i was working a ridiculous amount of hours for many many days straight and i got my butt kicked and i had already let go of the other stress-relieving solutions that I used to use. And now I have these last ones, which was the junk food and cigarettes and a very unhealthy lifestyle, not working out. And I finally, after getting my butt kicked by the restaurant, by the steakhouse, I had a couple of friends that were starting to plant seeds with me, and they really started to, to you know, bring these – these ideas into my thought process and talk about plant-based food and superfoods and healthy lifestyle. I'm in Miami surrounded by fitness and, and healthy bodies everywhere. And I, I guess it, it, the message was gradual, but my change was pretty sudden where I stopped smoking cigarettes. I went right to the gym. I stopped, you know, I went, I did a cleanse. I, it happened pretty quick. You know, like when I'm onto something, I dive in both feet. You know, I don't, Take my time. Once I feel confident about something, I feel like this is a good idea, like I'm pretty much all in.
0: How did your body react to that initially?
1: Oh, I was bloated all the time. <laughs> it was way too much fiber. I was eating handfuls of raw kale. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just. I, and I was working at the same time, cooking all this other food that wasn't in line with this. And I was just. I I needed to figure out what worked best for my body and my digestive system. So it took some time.
0: Well, it's awesome to see how uh, that transformation has really turned around. And like you said, you're still continuing to learn on this process now. Really, in closing, where can our listeners find more about you, what you're doing, things that you're working on, so that they can learn more about this great message that you have to share?
1: Right. So my website is alancampbell.com. And that's where I'm going to – there's another website that I'm going to take down pretty soon. So the Alan Campbell website will be my main site. And from there, there's already a link to the one publication that I've come out with. And then there will be other publications and products and uh, public speaking events. And these things will start to trickle in slowly as the time goes.
0: Now, is there any last request that you have for the audience, for the listeners, where it's – whether it be just to go, hey, check something out here or just as, as general advice going forward?
1: Yeah, I really, te- I really plan on um, getting into social media a lot more, how-to videos and recipes and stuff like that. I've taken my time with those things, but that's in the near future that I plan on really focusing on the followers and what they're looking for and really giving them the tools they need to succeed on a daily basis.
0: Well, that sounds great. Everybody, make sure heading over to com, keeping an eye out for uh, all the videos, all the how-tos, so you guys can really just make this uh, simple eating uh, a delicious part of your lifestyle. So, Chef Alan Campbell, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I uh, appreciate it. Make sure everybody go check this stuff out, and thank you again.
1: Thanks. Thank you.
0: And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free. So thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment comment, and 5 star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. So thank you.